0: If you can't answer the problem that you're solving, and this was the same thing that we had when we were talking about like the techniques that you can use in order to um, get the seller to engage with you, right? What problem do you actually solve? Most people will probably still tell you they don't know what problem I solve, right? Because I do abstract things like the preeminent authority on dream realization on LinkedIn, right? And I, I just keep going down this path because, you know, sure, I buy real estate. I teach other people how to buy real estate and I teach people how to accomplish whatever they actually want to do. As an operator, I know other investors are romanticizing multifamily investing, and I'm looking to learn from other investors' mistakes. I know you are, too. and You found the right place. Welcome to Myers Methods Presents Multifamily Missteps. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Myers Methods presents Multifamily Missteps. I'm your host, Jerome. We've got another multifamily kickstart situation happening today. I've got my man, Oliver Perry, sliding in from Maryland. How are you, my brother? Good, Jerome. How are you, bro? Outstanding, man. First of all, thank you for your service, man. I My dad was in the military for like 20 years. He was airborne. I see the patch on the sleeve, so I see what's I going on.
1: Yeah, I appreciate it, man. It's my absolute pleasure. I would have been in a, a nice button down or something like that, but work took precedence today <laughs> and brought me in tight on schedule.
0: Man, look, I appreciate you, and I was a little tardy for this one. So, I mean, your your graciousness and patience is certainly appreciated. So let's see if I can offer some value to you, my brother. You're in the multifamily space. Let's talk and see if I can give you something to help you further on your journey. Yeah, man. So it's
1: I am in the multifamily space. Been at it for now, coming up on seven or eight months. Um, we had a deal. Me and some uh, partners of mine had a deal. Kind of fell through because the seller went went left. But what I'm finding is what's really really difficult to me is isn't with the networking part, but more dealing with. The Because I come from a wholesaling background, so let me give you that. I come from a wholesaling background, so we were always doing direct-to-seller. So now we're doing the same thing on this side. It's a different conversation on the phone, and it's weird because I never feel like we really get traction like we would with wholesaling because these cats, know they know exactly what they're talking about. Well, this isn't right, and I don't like this, and my cap rate is this. And we're like, well, I don't know. <laughs> like, it's more, now it's become more of a relationship building on the phone, but that even links in the process even more. And in the COVID time, it's just it feels like the rocks pile on. You know what I mean? So I guess my biggest question is, how are how should we be going about having that direct to seller conversation when you actually get people on the phone?
0: Yeah. And so I guess there's a couple of things. One, if they're talking cap rates and so on and so forth, they probably aren't your target. Right. Right. If they've bought the property in the past few years, they're probably not your target. Your target is somebody who's running the deal themselves they are tired of it. They're ready to get out. They probably have the mass majority of their wealth tied up in the property. It's not cash flowing the way it used to. And just like wholesaling, you got to solve the problem, right? And so I painted the picture of a very specific person. That's my avatar in particular, is the person who's got a bunch of net worth tied up in their property, but it's not throwing off the cash it used to. And so they need to unlock that equity in order to be able to sustain their lifestyle. So you are looking for owners that have a specific problem. They could have code violations. They could have a ton of evictions. They could have whatever happening. Maybe there was some law changes, whatever it is. You want to be the person that solves a problem for that person. And that's no different than wholesaling. Um, the fact of the matter, though, is people aren't going to be as desperate, right? You can go grab the foreclosure list and just run down it and try to get pre-foreclosures under contract. For a multifamily, you know, most of those properties don't go into foreclosure. So you've got to find a different pain point. And so for me, it's for those people who are self managing, right? They're getting older. They don't really want to manage it. They don't think a property manager can do it well. And so let's relieve that headache for you. And if, but again, if they start running a cap race and saying, my property's worth this or that, then I think you just go into the nurture mode where you spend a few months building a relationship with them. And eventually they'll tell you what their problem is, right? As long as there's a conversation going, the person who you're trying to convince sell on selling you their property will eventually open up and tell you the thing that they don't like, the problems that they have. One of the things that I probably should have mentioned earlier that I didn't is there's deferred maintenance. Right. There's they, they are moving you appliances from one unit to the next because they don't have the money to go buy the new appliance at the local Home Depot or Lowe's for the right. unit that failed. Right. Right. It could be they're, they've got a property that's got central HVAC and instead of fixing the one with the broken compressor or replacing it because they got to do the inside and outside unit because their unit's old and they can't get the right gas in the old one. And they can't find a used one to put in, right? They just throw in the window units because you know that's 300 bucks, right? They don't have the money available. And so you start seeing that type of stuff happening, then you know that the property's having some financial challenges, and that's your opportunity to actually make a deal, right? Because where's the money going to come from? From somebody who's got all their money tied up in the building already, and right. they're counting on that building to bring the cash flow back. Mm, okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to jump into my next
1: question then. <laughs> Slide two in. So in starting this, I've realized one of my weaknesses is the underwriting part of it. Underwriting, for whatever reason, when we start getting into some of the numbers, my eyes immediately glaze over. So for the last three or four months, I've realized, okay, investing and in knowing how to talk to sellers or reach people or do the marketing, that's great. That's fine. All the visual stuff is cool. But you have to have a baseline understanding of the numbers themselves. But my struggle is, like I said, I, I'll start going down to numbers and Jerome's so saying like my eyes will glow over. I'll kind of fall asleep. And, and we're not even through like the first three <laughs> three Excel uh, cells. How, how are you able to, how are you able to master the underwriting process and what is your advice when it comes to people who are who really aren't great with numbers? That's not their thing. That's not their jam, shall we
0: say? Yeah. So I I will tell you that multifamily is a math problem, right? Everything else is emotional. None of it matters, right? Do you do you have to be the person that is the nerd of the team? You don't have to, but know that you're going to be reliant on somebody else, right? In order to tell you whether this is actually a deal, right? So I would say, and I mean looking at your background and everything, you know what stuff's supposed to look like, right? You can add value in other ways. You don't have to be the underwriting expert, but, and it's a very big but, you're relying on somebody else to tell you whether or not this deal is going to make money. Yeah. What I can say is maybe you just have to reframe it. Maybe it's not about the map, Oliver. Maybe it's about solving the problem in the p l Maybe it's identifying, right? What's wrong with the property? Right. And then figuring out if you can actually change it, and the numbers just tell the story of the property, right? Okay. They tell you one, you know, is this person more worried about the property being full or getting max rents? Right, if they are a hundred or two hundred dollars under market rent today, well, they're probably just want to make sure their property stays full, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, and if they are up around market rent, then they probably have a little bit of vacancy, but you're always gonna have some vacancy when you're pushing rent because it's just the nature of the bees. But you, as an operator, have to figure out where your sweet spot is. Some people will try to float in the middle somewhere where it's like, I'm not quite at market rent, I'm a little bit less, and I'm okay with that amount of loss at least. Then when you dive into the expenses, and this is where really where the rubber meets the road, in these expenses, can I make the building more efficient? Right. right. And tell that story, figure out that story. It's almost like being a detective. And I don't know what your MOS is, but, you know, frame it in a way where you're searching for something, right? And then you're writing the story on the backside for what this thing can actually be. And when you do those two things, it becomes interesting instead of it's just numbers in a spreadsheet, right? You break it come to life because you know we put five thousand dollars a unit into the N-size. And because we did that, now we're able to rent it for an extra $150 a month. And when we looked at the expenses, we found out that hey, we probably don't need to be paying the electricity bill because none of the comps are paying electric. Right. And so that added right. another X amount of dollars to the bottom line. And so when you look at the new net operating income, boom. We were able to increase the value by X, right? Whatever that number is. And, right. you know, that number is going to be six figures or more. And that number is not going to make your eyes glaze over. Right. Okay. okay. And That's- really understanding how you got to that place and being able to tell the story, I think, is going to be core to whatever you're doing. Right. Because okay. I see you as the person, whether or not you're, again, the expert underwriter, the one who's going to help the team put together the narrative and all the content associated with bringing this deal in and getting either other partners on board or getting, you know, money raised so that you can close them.
1: Right. Okay. I love it. I love it. I'm writing all this stuff down as we're talking, just so you guys know, (laughs) I'm not looking down to be rude. I need to have these notes down. Okay. Awesome. So next thing is when it comes to creating we all say we have to go out and, and network and network and network, which is very much true. But I believe there's, in the current times we live, particularly with social media, as powerful as it is, you know, YouTube being the second biggest platform for people to search, Google being, of course, the first, what are the ways that you found to kind of lay that trap more, I'm, and maybe trap is a weird, weird way of saying it, but lay the information out there and say, like, like you are with the podcast, hey, uh, welcome to the pack. Come in. Let's have some fun. Let me see how I can help you and provide you value. How have you been able to do that for the people who are actually looking to sell those apartment complexes, the people who are looking to that mom and pop who, like you said, are struggling? How have you framed that narrative when it comes to yourself and your brand to get that information out there?
0: Yeah. So my for my outward facing stuff isn't for mom and pop. Right, they're they're not gonna come find me. I've decided that I'm gonna come find them, or somebody from our pack is gonna find them and potentially have a deal that's too big for them to take down themselves. Right. And so they come back and ask me to figure out, help them figure out how to close it. Right. Right. So I believe that most of those folks aren't actually out there searching for a solution or how they're gonna get out of it. They're just gonna sit there quietly in pain waiting for the right person to reach out to them in the right way. So how do we actually create traffic? One is letters. Two is phone calls. Three is text messages. And four is networking, right? And so between those four modes, and this again, no different than what most people would do from a wholesaling standpoint, is there opportunity on to run some type of ads? Is there opportunity to create a YouTube channel? Potentially, but... I just haven't seen anybody actually utilize it, right? And for me, my avatar is somebody that's 55 to 75 years old, and they're ready to retire from being a real estate investor. I don't see that person in particular going and searching on Google or YouTube to get those answers. That Um, makes sense. As far as now, what I will tell you is there's been some publications that I've done where people have picked up those things and they have reached out and said, Hey, I've got a property I'm interested in selling to you. I know that you buy this market. And so I guess the one thing that, and I've never actually thought about this, but the one thing that we do do is we get media created for us. And because we are very specific in the market that we buy. Mm. It's easy for people who own property in a market to say, oh, yeah, I should reach out to that guy Mm. because it looks like he may want to buy it. Right. But that said, when you come to people through that media, know that they're going to want primo pricing because they think you're a celebrity in some regards. A lot of people want to be profitable multifamily operators but lack the knowledge, deal flow, experience, and capital to be successful. They often try to overcome these challenges out of order, slowing or eliminating their ability to get their next deal done. We've developed a framework that allows them to gain the knowledge they need to find profitable deals. When they do, they create the time and location for you, as well as the generational wealth they desire for the family. The Myers Methods of Multifamily Investing have proved to be the fastest way to establish credibility and properly grow an apartment portfolio. If you want to know more about our four-step process, jump over to MyersMethods.com to get our free four-step guide to getting into multifamily investing. Let's get back to the episode.
1: <laughs> right, right. And that'd be sorely mismistaken. I'm not a celebrity by any means, but that makes sense. That makes absolute sense. Okay. So it's, let's stay in that vein if we could. And this is a little bit deeper than just real estate because this is branding. You are, your brand is amazing. Like I've, I've seen a lot of the stuff you've done. I paid attention. I've watched a little bit, but the way you present your brand and how you go about it is really cool because it, it stays authentic to you and it stays authentic to you and how you function in your space. So you can do t-shirts and hoodies and then next thing you know, you're in a you're in a suit uh with a Rolex on and hopping out of a Lamborghini. And <laughs> <laughs>
0: you know what I mean? So like
1: the only Lamborghini I got is right here. Listen, friend. I saw it and I saw the <laughs> door open. So I went down that path and I just wasn't turning around. <laughs> <laughs> so with that said, how, what was the process for you to really create your brand and really figure out, okay, this is the route I'm going to go, and this is how I'm going to go? And how did you – because I see people struggle constantly with the authenticity of it because when you get into real estate, if you don't have a deal going – it gets a little bit difficult because oh, it's all about real estate, but you've been able to incorporate yourself into it. So even in the times where it's kind of a lull or it's slow, you're still kicking out information because you're providing value and you're staying yourself and you're doing the real estate. That's a long winded question. But long story short, how did you do it?
0: No, I think you did an amazing job framing it. So you need to start your podcast like next week. The the <laughs> long and the short of it is through trial and error. And then eventually asking a few people for help to help me clarify the message. And so with the brand, the question that everybody asks is, what problem do you solve? Right. If you can't answer the problem that you're solving, and this was the same thing that we had when we were talking about like the techniques that you can use in order to um, get the seller to engage with you, right? What problem right. do you actually solve? Most people will probably still tell you they don't know what problem I solve, right? Because I do abstract things like the preeminent authority on dream realization on LinkedIn, right? And right. I, I just keep going down this path because, you know, sure, I buy real estate, right? I teach other people how to buy real estate, and I teach people how to accomplish whatever they actually want to do. It has absolutely really nothing to do with the real estate; it just happens to be business, right. but. What I found out and my man, Maurice Village, and he said, Jerome, when I met you, your brand was held together with duct tape. And now (laughs) you put together this thing and you got real people coming. He was talking to me after conference. He was just so proud. But what happened was I had two people force me to answer that one question. What problem do you solve? And how can you actually help people by solving that problem? Mm -hmm. And when I got clear on that, then I was able to create all the content in alignment with that. The book story brand is a game changer for anybody who's trying to figure out how to brand themselves. Okay. And you actually have to implement it. And what I found is people get scared when they start talking about the pain of not working with someone, right? They Mm -hmm. all... Everybody wants to talk about all the great things. They want to talk about how amazing it's going to be. And how does this show up in real life, Jerome? It shows up in real life by people talking about the Lamborghinis, talking about how much money they're going to help you make, talking about <laughs> all the other stuff. Right. But nobody ever wants to talk about, hey, if you don't have somebody in the passenger seat when you're learning how to drive, right. it's highly likely that you're going to run into the back of somebody or off the road or into the side of a bridge. So yeah. you probably want somebody to be in the passenger seat i say the same thing for multifamily. Yeah. If you don't have somebody riding along with you, there are so many things that can happen. And if you're not careful, you're going to hit a wall. And so you're not paying me because you think I'm going to make you a whole lot of money. You're paying me to keep you from making a mistake. That's a fatal failure that ends your real estate investing career. Mm, okay. And they're like, oh, wait, wait that could happen. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. But nobody wants to talk about it, right? Because it's all the allure, it's all the flash and dash, it's all the smoke and mirrors that people feel good about. And so people are motivated by two things, right? The opportunity for a better future or the potential pain of not taking action. Those are the only two reasons that people do something. Inherently, as human beings, we're lazy. We want to stay in the state that allows us to conserve the most energy. And so there's got to be something either uh, inspiration or motivation that's pushing us to the next space. And so motivation is the dog jumped over the fence that you used to throw rocks at, and it is chasing you on your way home from school. And when the dog stops running, <laughs> you stop running. Inspiration is I've got a 5k or yeah. I, you guys have to run like three miles in like 26 minutes or something, or 24 minutes. It's the hardest thing in the world, right? So, but I know that I better run because if I don't run, then I won't pass my PT test. Right. And who knows if I don't pass my PT test, they might not promote me or they might put me out. Right? So, you've got the motivation, inspiration, right? The whole idea is get into the place where you can actually know what your person, your avatar, and is. I've probably said that word too many times in this episode, but the <laughs> fact of the matter. Every decision that you make should be with your avatar in mind. Right. And not your avatars, the person who, when they sit across from you, they say, you must be psychic because you know exactly what I'm dealing with. Mm, right. Everybody's been to, I think, to church and the preacher was talking to not you, but somebody else. About something that resonated with you. And he's like, he was talking to me today. Right. Right. <laughs> he, he was talking to me today. Right. All right. And he has no idea what's going on in your life. <laughs> he's just talking to the avatar. That's fact. That. the better off, the better you can get at that, the more you can hone in on this is the person I want to talk to. Back to, you know, you were saying, hey, they're talking to me about cap rates and all this other stuff. Right. Too sophisticated. It's not the person who you're going to be able to buy a deal below market so that you can have value and force appreciation so that you can have a huge exit on the back end. They're, they know too much. Right. And so, no, let me go find somebody in a different place who can actually allow me to maneuver through this negotiation the way that I do and actually has a problem that I can personally solve for them. Boom, boom, boom. You do those right. things and it allows you to just be more efficient. So I, Paid somebody to help teach me how to write sales copy. Why do you need to know how to write sales copy? Well, every social media post you do is sales copy. Fact, right? Even if you're not trying a call to action to buy something, you're selling yourself. You're selling your program. You're selling somebody being able to do a transaction with you. You're selling somebody to partner with you. There is some sell in everything that you write. There's I paid people to. We're going through. Some rebranding now, we're doing a new website Mm -hmm. and a lot of money for that, right? Once you get the plane off the ground, right? Once you put your thing together with duct tape and you're going down the street with your rat rod, you get a feel, you use that to test, right? And then once you figure out what works, you pay the experts to come in because they're going to ask you all the questions because they don't actually know who your person is. You need to have those answers and then share it with them. And it's funny you brought this up because now I'm going to sell to the listeners, right? We're going to do an event in St. Lucia March. I like it. Let's go. March 3rd (laughs) through the 7th of 2022. We're going to a five-star resort and we're going to talk about how to get your message out, right? We're going to talk about getting clarity on your purpose. We're going to talk about how you amplify your message and how you enlarge your tribe, right? It's going to be amazing. Discursion is the whole deal. And everybody won't get to come that wants to come, but you know it, it is what it is, right? right? Because I don't think everybody actually has a message. I don't think everybody has the clarity in order to be able to share that and help people. And so we don't want people to just start. And we want people who are already started on the path and they want to refine and get to the place where they are going to be the thought leader. They are going to be the person that is guiding a group of people. To this new end state or helping them avoid this tragedy that allows them to create the life that they want to live. And so I guess the long and the short of it is figure out what works for your avatar. And then in that process, it's a bunch of experimentation, right? It's a bunch of testing, seeing if this resonated. If it didn't, figuring out why, and then kind of refining, refining, and then paying people who actually can do it, right? Because you can probably do most things well enough. Get your Canva account, get some pictures, put some text on it, (laughs) it you're ready to rock and roll, right? You got everything you need. Or you can pay a graphic designer to actually create something that is art. Right, right.
1: Mm. I like it. I like it, man. That's uh, that's every question I had. I
0: should have brought more. (laughs) I didn't know it was going to be that easy for you. (laughs) (laughs) man, you got me in fits and starts, my brother. But yeah, I appreciate you reaching out and I'm really, really grateful to know that you're out here. I I really want to see that LinkedIn following grow, but you got your ad on here. So I don't know if you're big on Twitter or Instagram, but ladies and gentlemen, The Oliver Perry is the man. I need you you you. to go out and and follow him. And I can't wait to have him on Dreamcatcher so we can talk about this thing he's working on because it's super sexy. Uh,
1: I tell you what, brother, I tell you what, I appreciate it. Yeah, you guys can definitely find me at The Oliver Perry on IG as well as Twitter. And you can find me, find The Oliver Perry Show on a podcast, which Mr. Myers, if you don't mind, I'd like to have you on sometime here in the very
0: near future. Um, and we can make that happen. Send the link. I'm there, my brother. I'm there. Done and done. Done and done. And he put me on spot. It's the first time I got pitch on the show, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. You, you, you've been here. You stayed till the end. But, man, this was exciting. I, nobody's taken me down this path before. And I, I appreciate the kind words. I'm, I'm going to send this episode to Maurice you know, to make sure he understands that my brand is phenomenal. Okay, I think those are the words you use. In fact, we're we're going to actually make that the name of the episode. I like it. I like it. I like it. <laughs> All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, we ran a little long, but hopefully you got some value from this one. Until the next time, the pack is with you. We'll talk to you soon. You made it to this juncture, so you really love what we shared on this episode of Myers Methods Presents Multifamily Missteps. Do us a favor, give us a five-star rating, give us a review, and share this with somebody who's interested in multifamily investing. Until the next time, the pack is with you.